Hello and welcome to the All32 podcast. Who are we? We're just a bunch of regular NFL fans from across the UK. This week I am joined by my two regular co-hosts, Lee and Sean. And our guest this week is Murph from the Five Yard Rush podcast. Murph, coming to you first. How are you, my friend? Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, it's uh, good to speak to you all again. Uh, I feel like we're becoming fast friends how often we appear on each other's podcasts. <laughs> we might as well just merge and just be one. <laughs> It's an inside joke, and it's probably true. <laughs> Lee, would you accept a merger, and how are you? <laughs> I, I'm I'm really well, and definitely accept a merger. The two guys are great at five yards. And Sean, finally, how are you doing, my friend? It's been a long time since we've been on the podcast at the same time, so this is this is a rare sight in itself. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is, man. We've just been commenting how the uh, listening numbers are going up. Maybe they'll come crashing down. I mean, you were back together, mate, so this is a good <laughs> test for us this week, so let's see how we get on. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I mean, it's probably going to be true, and then we'll be like, oh, what do we do now? <laughs> Only one of us can appear at a time. Uh, before we start this week, uh, I'd like to just quickly give a shout-out to the GB Under-19s, uh, encourage anybody that didn't listen to last week's podcast to go and listen. We had Callum on from the GB Under-19s, and really want to try and get behind their cause and to support them. They're trying to get to the European Championships uh, this summer in Italy, and they need fan help, really, to get there. Uh, so far, over £500 has now been raised for them. Uh, I know most of us have now donated or we're involved in other donation schemes as well. So absolutely great work out there from a lot of the NFL UK community. You can find the link to GoFundMe uh, pinned on Five Yard Rush's handle. We're not that good. Unfortunately, we just put an article out and shared it <laughs> as much as we could. Um <laughs> They did play this weekend against France. You can go check out their Facebook to see how they got on. Uh, but we're going to dive into our article review, which is slightly different this week. So we decided to do a redraft of uh, the 2018 draft. So pretending teams picked the players based on the year's performance, where would they have picked them? Uh, before I dive in, I'm going to go around quickly and ask the lads how they felt it went for themselves and what it, what it was like to do sort of redraft exercise. So Lee, I'd like to pick on you, so we're gonna to go to you first. <laughs> do it every week. <laughs> I thought I thought it was a really interesting exercise, especially it makes you realise kind of how much attention you pay to some of these first round picks um throughout the year. You were kind enough to give me the teams in the AFC East. There was a serious temptation to just draft to just put undrafted players in the first round for all of them, just out of spite. But I managed to resist that and uh, hopefully go with some picks that I can justify. Sean, you had a great quote before the um, before we started the podcast. Do you want to let our listeners know what you thought about the exercise and the players we ended up picking? I just thought it was interesting. I think, and we'll get through through the, the picks as we go through this, but there's quite a lot of players that were picked in the first round or were picked in similar positions. My strategy was to to really pick some players that I thought you know were deserving of high selections, but as much as anything, just to try and throw you guys off the scent, just to try and mix it up a little bit. Uh, hasn't necessarily worked, um, but I'm still more than pleased with the players that I selected where I did. Um, I think you know the takeaway will be it was overall a pretty successful draft for most teams last year. But like I said, we'll get into the details as we go through this. 
No, brilliant. And Murph, what did you what did you find intriguing about this whole exercise? Um, <laughs> thanks for joining us, Summit. Oh no, it was a, a real pleasure. It's it's quite an interesting exercise to think about what teams did, and uh, you know, you, you gave me two teams that made absolute boo boos in the first round last year in the Giants and the Saints. So um, to put those right was uh, I'm not a fan of either team, but they should be thanking me. And you know, you can find me at Five Yard Rush. Um, I take gift donations, or in fact, you know what? Don't send me anything. Donate to the GoFundMe page um, because I fixed your team, and you would have been far better off. Um, the Saints would have won the Super Bowl, and the Giants would have got one five wins. So <laughs> we'll get into it in a minute, but it just proves that a, a rookie running back as fancy and as good they are they can't make you a winner (laughs) (laughs) right so we'll start i had the first pick i gave sean the option if he wanted the first or the fourth pick tried to give everyone their own teams sean said he didn't didn't mind i didn't mind either so i just thought screw it i'll take my favorite player from the browns at the moment and the rightly the number one pick in baker mayfield was anybody Shocked I took Baker first or in disagreement? Should I have taken Sam Darnold? Sean shaking his head. Lee, what about you? Did you think I made the right selection in Baker Mayfield? I think it might have been a shock to some people in last year's when it was when he was actually drafted, but it wasn't a shock to, to me, certainly, when you drafted him the other day. And I agree, he's definitely still should have gone first. And Murph, what about yourself? Yeah, it was a slam dunk pick. Um, again, as Lee said, you know, it could have been... Um, one that people might have thought I'm not sure about last year, but actually it's um, it's worked out really well. It's definitely the right pick. He's head and shoulders above everybody else. So, yeah, um, no arguments there at all. No, good stuff. I like it when I've nailed something for once. Uh, <laughs> Murph, we're now going to move on to you. The first, I wouldn't say so much a shock, but the first pick that was different in this draft. Yeah, so with the New York Giants on the clock, I decided to write the wrong of uh, Saquon Barkley and decided to take Sam Darnold. Um, I just didn't understand taking Barkley. Barkley's an elite player. This isn't a a slam at at Barkley in the sense of he is a a good running back, but to take a running back with the second pick is is criminal. They don't improve your team, especially one that's got a shocking offensive line, as this team did. And it proved they went from three wins to five wins. So... um, you can look back in hindsight, and hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, many people I know didn't like this pick when it happened, and so um, right in the course of history, we've gone with Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, for me, is the second-best quarterback in this draft. There is no quarterback in the 2019 draft, I think, that suits the Giants. So it made complete sense for them to get a quarterback and start to rebuild that team, and I honestly believe that Sam Darnold would have delivered more than five wins last season if he was under centre. You could have had the option to sit him, you could have had the option to play him, but I guarantee you by halfway through the season, he would have been playing and he would have delivered um, more wins. And, you know, we looked at him on tape last year and a lot of people will think that's a bit mad based on what we saw, but the Jets aren't. They're not a great team. They need to build a lot, a lot of pieces. He didn't have a lot of weapons. I mean, imagine, I just want you to put it in in your head, instead of throwing to Robbie Anderson, he's throwing to OPJ. And that's the kind of elite level that we're sort of looking at. He's going to instantly be better on his numbers. And yeah, for me, this was just such an easy pick. And I'm glad for the Giants fans I could write that wrong. And they've got a hero for the next 10 years. 
I completely agree with you. I, if I was in your position, picking second for the Giants, I would have taken Donald as well. I think I can't agree enough about Barkley and how a running back doesn't necessarily change your team. I mean, you see the Broncos, for example, when I picked up Philip Lindsay as an undrafted free agent. So it shows you the value you can get at a running back position lower down in the draft compared to high end. And does it really, does that make that much difference? Are you going to get quarterback in as an undrafted free agent? Probably not. No one's really that lucky. Lee, what did you think about this pick? Yeah, I think it makes complete sense. Um, they they knew they needed a quarterback. I think it was probably if the Browns had taken Saquon number one overall, like there was a rumor for a while, then I, I think they probably take Baker at number two. And I just don't think they were in love enough with the other quarterbacks in the draft. So I think they ended up just doing um, not necessarily a terrible strategy, but I think they just went best player available. But they probably would have been better off trading out that pick, to be honest, picking up more. Sean, sure, what about yourself? What do you reckon? Is Lee got a point about trading out? Uh, I'm not a huge fan of trading out as a brand, so we've seen that over the years. I think, obviously, if you can get good value, then there's an argument to do it. But I personally like picking where you are. Um, I think you are where you are for a reason. I just think the interesting thing with Barkley, and I know Murph said right at the outset, it wasn't a slant on Barkley, the player. It's just... It's interesting, really, that there was that big rumour he might go number one overall. Here he's put up over 2,000 yards of offence through the air and on the ground, and we're still debating as to whether he should even go high. I mean, it's it's phenomenal production, really. I don't think the Giants will be too disappointed with the pick that they made, although I do agree that, obviously, quarterback is a much more pressing need. Um, obviously, in terms of what's coming up, in, in terms of what might be available to them, it certainly is only going to be a developmental prospect at best, which obviously Darnold would have been. Um, but obviously, he'd have had 12 months in a system now and, and potentially moving into year two. Totally agree with a much better offensive um, weaponry around him. I think he could have certainly uh, you know, been the right pick. Um, but it, I think that was always going to be a bit of a pivot point in this one, wasn't it? Barkley's a bit of a polarising character, to be fair. I, I'm obviously a big running back fan, but even I can't argue with taking Darnold in this slot. So with all that said, who are we expecting to go off number three? Are we expecting Josh Rosen, Josh <laughs> Allen, a quarterback to go to the New York Jets? Lee, talk us through your selection. <laughs> so after all that, I'm going to have to defend picking Saquon Barkley <laughs> for, for the New York, uh, New York Jets. I've got to be honest, I just felt that at, at this stage, I still think that he was the best player available. And although they needed a quarterback, I would rather have rolled into the season with Josh McCown or as a couple of... Um, Friends like to call him Josh McClown, but um, I would rather have gone into that with some of the other options. Murph, I know Murph, you Murph weren't a fan of this. <laughs> I, I quite like the Jets, and I feel like you've just absolutely put them back about five years. You were expecting them to play 16 games, 16 games with Josh McClown behind, <laughs> behind centre. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I would have given it four games before McCann got injured, to be honest. <laughs> to be fair, actually, I, I, I'm not defending this pick, but they did have Teddy Bridgewater on staff when he was... That could have been your argument. I just... I, I, when you need a quarterback, unless they'd seen... Well, they didn't see anything in Teddy because they traded him to the Saints, but if they'd kept Teddy Bridgewater and decided that was going to be the guy... Then Saquon makes, well, I, I don't know, they still got two good running backs there in um, Crowell and Powell. Crowell and, um, oh, his name's just totally escaped me. 
Bilal Powell? It's no, it's not Bilal Powell. The um, second year player got injured, came back. Elijah Maguire. We're all googling his name then and all failing completely. So, professional as ever. Yeah, we got Maguire. Maguire's a good runner and he's going to be a good player in this league. Yes, he's not Saquon, but yeah, I, I can't agree with this pick. Sorry, Lee. I, I got to be honest. I don't. I wouldn't have moved up like they did anyway in, in the first place. That would have been my my first step. Is I wouldn't have moved. But no, it's interesting. They obviously moved up knowing that they would probably get a quarterback, really, and they, they did. They ended up with Sam Donald, who we'll talk about. Sean, you were next on the clock. Do you want to tell us who you took fourth overall? Yeah, so first real shake-up of the order, really. So the, the top three have just moved around slightly. I then sort of took a player that went much later on in the first round, uh, and I took Leighton Van Der Esch, um, who obviously was drafted overall 20th by the Cowboys. Um, so a big move up the board. Um would have been quite happy with Denzel Ward still. Don't get me wrong, I think Denzel Ward had a really good season. Slight concern for me would be the couple of concussions that he picked up towards the end of the season. Never a good sign to see a young player going out with those type of injuries early on in his career. I think the one thing, especially transferring now to the, the Steve Wilkes defensive scheme that the Browns are going to be crying out for is some speed side to side at the linebacker position. And I think this is where Van Der Esch comes into his own. I think he was a, a tackling machine. Um, really transformed that Cowboys defence. Um, so might be seen as a little bit of a reach, but I just think in terms of in terms of need, in terms of what was available in the draft, I think you know the Browns would have looked to have added corner later on in this scenario. Um, but like I said, again, it's not a knock on the, the play of Denzel Ward. I just think those couple of concussions would be a bit of a red flag, knowing what we know now. And I think Van Der Esch certainly has been a had a superb season in a spot that I think he's going to be a glaring need for us in this off season. I guess like real life, this kind of, this pick kind of presented the Browns with a poor opportunity to take the defensive player they liked most. In real life, they obviously liked Denzel Ward the most. In this scenario, you've gone for Leighton Van Der Esch and there was a number of players that you could have gone for and none of them would have been particularly a bad choice. Just adding the best player available in your opinion on defense was the right move completely. So you could have gone, I mean, Bradley Chubb, Derwin James, Denzel Ward, as you've mentioned already. You could have gone for a number of different options and any one of them would have been right, depending on opinion. Lee, what did you make of this pick, just because it's slightly different? I think, it, it, I think it's, 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 like you said, it's not a bad pick. It's, you know, it's he played great all season. And I think the reason that he didn't, he wasn't talked about this higher last year during the draft process was because he played a lot of nine-man football. Do you know what I mean? So I think it was the the unknown. But with with it having watched him play for for a year, I think you could easily see him going that high, and it makes perfect sense. You take the best player that you that you like. No, agreed. Uh, Murph, quickly on this one, what did you think? Uh, I had to disagree with the pick only because I just didn't see it as a position of need for the Browns. Um, when you've got Avery Kirksey, Schobert, for example, it's a pretty strong, uh, pretty strong line you've got there. So it just made me think. Is there a better position to need? You've effectively got the whole board. And I'm thinking about cornerback for um, the next, well, again, this 2019 cornerback class, which there's still a need for Brown at cornerback, even though they have they took Ward in real life. This class is pretty horrible um, for cornerbacks. So looking at what could have fallen, I just think it would have left a huge gap at the back. And I think 
the Browns pick right, but I think I would have picked someone else personally. I just didn't think it was a position need, but I do rate the player. No, very good. We'll skip through the next few picks because they're boring and we went for the same players. I took Bradley Chubb for the Broncos. Any disagreements with that? No. No, everyone's no. agreement. Bradley Chubb, great player. Suits the Broncos down to a T. Alongside Von Miller is probably the perfect fit there and will continue to develop into one of the best defensive players in the league, in my opinion. Murph, with the number six pick, who did the Indianapolis Colts take? Took Quentin Nelson, kept him there. Pro Bowl, third best guard in the league, according to PDPFF last year. So this was a slam dunk easy. I don't think any of us would disagree with that. I mean, we've all, I mean, we're all shaking our heads again. Quentin Nelson literally bossed defenders around and for a rookie to come in and do that and to show such dominance was impressive. Lee, you said you beforehand you wanted to sabotage the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Did you do this with this pick? <laughs> I've got to be honest, I'm not a Josh Allen fan, but I, I thought they had a lot of holes and it was I thought it was well known before the draft that Allen was their, their, their favourite of the quarterbacks available. So I think... It just made sense to give them the guy they wanted. I mean, let them suffer with the, the pick they, they they went with. But yeah, I mean, it, you could have gone a lot of places. I think they had a lot of holes, and there's a, there's a lot of very talented players still to come. I just thought it, it, you know, they took the right player for for what they wanted last season. After having tra- uh, traded Tyrod Taylor, they had no choice but to go quarterback. So don't forget, they traded up for this pick. So they traded to they traded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they traded up. Uh, I think they gave away two second round picks and a, th- and a third round pick. Good business for the Bucks. Yeah, slightly wasted, but... <laughs> it doesn't matter so much that it's wasted now. At the time, it looked like a great idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sean, you were next for one of my favourite teams on the year, the Chicago Bears. Who did you take at number eight? Yeah, so probably just confirming the argument that we just had about how I didn't think Denzel Ward had a bad year. I picked up Denzel Ward at this point, I think. Um, you know, defensive backfield help is is pretty common amongst the league in terms of what people will need. And I think if the Bears have anything, it's probably at that second corner position. I think Carl Fuller had a good year, but I think there's certainly an argument for someone to play opposite. And I think Denzel Ward, for me, was still probably overall season long the best cornerback out of the class. Um, so he was still available on the board, so I took him there. That, that's Perfect summary. The next pick was anybody disagreement with Sean there first? No, everyone's no. in agreement. Makes it's nice when we all agree. We all like Denzel Ward. <laughs> it's all uh, beautiful. <laughs> the next pick was probably, in my opinion, one of the best players in the draft. I was surprised to see him slide down this far. So for the San Francisco 49ers, I took Derwin James, who went a lot higher in this draft than he did in real life. He went to the Chargers at 17 in real life. I was Really happy to get him to the Niners here because I think they, they're a team with desperate need. As Sean just mentioned, half a league could do with secondary help. The Niners are no different to that. Uh, Murph, I'm going to come to you on this one. What did you reckon to the Derwin James pick? I know you're another big fan of him. Yeah, I, you know, in hindsight, having seen a year gone, I would have had Derwin James um, at 12 for the Buccaneers. Um, if we'd stayed at seven, I would have taken him. Um, in real life, he fell and we passed, which I didn't quite understand. Um, I think Derwin James is uh, an elite player, and it's very rare that you would look at that position being a first-rounder, which tells you how good he is. So um, Pro Bowler, again, uh, well-deserved consideration for Rookie of the Year. Didn't get it, um, but well-deserved to be in the conversation. And, uh, yeah, 
uh, it makes sense for the Niners. They, especially with how things played out this season, it, it's definitely a position they um, they could do with um, strengthening in. So, yeah, uh, we were having this chat, weren't we, on uh, on text? Because I was like, I was hoping you'd fall to twelve, but <laughs> it didn't happen, so it's fine. I couldn't, I couldn't believe the Bucks didn't actually take him in last year's draft, especially being an FSU guy. It just seemed to make sense, you know. And when they passed him, I, I was a little bit shocked, even though I did kind of like Vitaver, just not as much as Derwin James. Well, it, it, he was number two on their big board. So I think what they did by trading back, they were going to let the draft decide. And then they got the option of both. And Vitaver was first on their board. Again, I really like Vitaver, but. Yeah, just that safety position has been a crying position need for a few years on that Buccaneers side of the ball. And, I mean, but both both were big needs. It's just a case of which one was a rarer talent. They thought it was Vita Vea. We'll see how that plans out in the next few years. <laughs> I guess this all goes back to Sean saying that not many players in that were drafted in the first round could really be classified as bust so far. And it kind of shows the strength of the draft from last year. Sean... First of all, give us your thoughts on the Derwin James pick and then tell us who the Arizona Cardinals selected in this situation. I think based on the on the year of play, I think there's every argument that Derwin James could have been taken right at the top of the board. He was somebody I considered at that four pick that we were talking about earlier. Um, I think he's had a stellar season and I really enjoy watching him play. He's got a real good attitude, you know, in terms of that nasty, aggressive attitude that you want from your safety at the back end. Um, so really, really good player. Um, in terms of the Cardinals, uh, Josh Rosen didn't really do it for me last year. Got to be honest. Um, so I completely flipped this pick, uh, and based purely on the fact that I thought he had an absolutely stellar season and he did win the Defensive Rookie of the Year, I went with the tackling machine that is Darius Leonard. Um, again, quite a increase from where he was actually drafted. He was drafted thirty-five. Um, I think the defence was probably the Cardinal strength last year, if I'm honest. So it wasn't necessarily due to need. It was just purely due to the fact that I just thought that he was too good to not take at that point. Um, I think the Cardinals are really good up front. Um, if they have got a weakness in defence, I'd say he's in the middle, in the linebacker position. Um, you know, So from that point of view, if there was a need defensively, it was there. Um, but like I said, I just thought he, he just had an absolutely exceptional season. And again, just thought it was worthwhile shaking it up with that selection there. So while you were saying all of that, Murph was shaking his head in absolute disgust. And I'm going to let come straight to you, Murph. What do you reckon? <laughs> I just, you, you basically, again, you're, you're letting Sam Darnold have 16 games under the centre. This this team win the one, three games. I, I get the argument on Rosen, but Rosen, that team was dreadful. I mean, the scheming, we lost the offensive coordinator. We lost, it wasn't, it wasn't Rosen's fault that this team was bad. It was a case of this team was bad and this kid got pummeled. I mean, this kid, this kid, this kid spent half the time just eating grass and picking it out of his helmet. He spent more time doing that than he did studying the playbook. Um, I felt, I felt for him. I felt, I felt like putting Sam Bradford under there at 20 million a year, you'd have got your money's worth, but Oh, I, I, I couldn't have seen him winning a game. I think Rosen was, was pretty good down the stretch. But, I, 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 again, I love Darius Leonard. I think he's a brilliant player. Worthy winner of Defensive Rookie of the, of the Year. But I think a player that need a team that needed the quarterback um, and looking at 2019, not knowing who they're going to pick. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think, I think 
I think they hit the money with where, with what they got, and I think they were very lucky to to get Rosen at ten in real life because I didn't think he'd make it. So it's interesting because it comes back to the age old argument of best player available or do you go need? Because I mean, I'm another fan of Darius Leonard. I think he's an absolute brilliant player, and by no means the wrong pick, but is quarterback that big of a value that you have to address it if you're a team that need a quarterback and the Cardinals did. Lee, what did you reckon to this pick? I uh, again, I love the love the player, um, and I'm going to go slightly off topic here. I, I would definitely think that if if I had a team, which unfortunately I do, picking in the in the middle third of the draft this year, I would definitely be ringing Arizona's phone right now and saying, "You looking at moving Rosen?" Because I don't take last year as a as an indictment of his his talent as a player, but if, if there is any inclination that um, the Cardinals are interested in taking Kyler Murray, then I would definitely be making a phone call to judge what it's going to take to get a second-year quarterback and, and, and sort of see what I've got in that rather than delve into this class too much because from the from the tape I've watched of the few, the few higher-rated quarterbacks for this year, I'm not very impressed, got to be honest, but I, I don't watch a lot of college football. That's interesting. Sean, do you want to come back on and tell us why you didn't select Rosen? Because I actually like Darius Leonard as a pick. I'd actually probably be with you on there, but only marginally. It's a really tough one. Yeah, I, I can only base it on what I've seen. I'm the same as Lee. I don't watch an awful lot of college football, so I can only really base it on what I've seen in the pro game. And, and like I say, I, I completely agree with what Merv said there. You know, I think we all probably jump to conclusions far too quickly when we evaluate any player and quarterback. Obviously, gets more spotlight than anybody else. You know, he didn't have a, a great cast around him. He certainly didn't get an awful lot of protection. You know, so absolutely take all those things into consideration. Um, you know, and obviously fingers crossed for, for the Cardinals that he, he does make a leap in year two, if indeed he's still with the team. Obviously, that's the big rumour and debate at the moment, isn't it? I wasn't overly keen on him through the draft process, which is all I really get involved in. I didn't think he necessarily carried himself well as an individual through that. Um and like I say, more more than anything, it was just more that I thought that that Darius Leonard as as a player, based on the twelve months that we have seen, I thought was worthy to go much higher up. Um, you know, so that's why I ultimately went with that pick. No, I mean all justified. Lee, we're now going to come to you. What did you think about your Miami Dolphins pick at eleven? Did you stick or did you twist Minka Fitzpatrick? I stick. I'm a big fan of Minka Fitzpatrick. I loved everything he did last season. Um, he played all over the back end of the defense. I mean, he didn't have his best games at corner, but he showed that he he could do it. He played in the slot. He played at safety. He did everything. Tackled supremely well. Missed very few tackles. And I say, I, I think he did everything that they wanted him to do. And he's a sort of chess piece that someone like Brian Flores is going to love this year. No, I completely agree. Interesting enough, this was the fifth out of the 11 picks, which were exactly the same. And uh, again, I don't think any of us are really in disagreement that that was a, a good repick as such. We're all nodding our heads. Always a good sign. Even silence is brilliant. <laughs> uh, the next pick, Murph, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did you stick or did you twist, Vita Vera? <laughs> I twisted on Vita Vera. Um, I still think he's a good player. And still think it's a potential position of need, but I'm looking at what the Buccaneers need. I'm thinking about what's around in free agency. I'm thinking about what's around in 2019. This cornerback class is 
terrible in coming into 2019. It's really not good. You've got a couple of players who potentially are pretty good, pretty decent, but um, if you're not going to take them and there's other positions in need, you, you're going to struggle. And it's a very weak free agency class from the cornerback position. So uh, I decided to move up here and take uh, Jair Alexander away from the Green Bay Packers um, and decided to take him here. I felt he was a, an exceptional corner in his first year. Um he just he just has everything the Bucks need. There, I mean, the Bucks selected uh, Colton Davis in the second round, who I think is again a decent player, but he's got nothing on on Alexander. Um, looked absolutely brilliant for them, uh, standout player, made the PFF Rookie Team of the Year, and feel that this is going to help the the Buccaneers defense last year was terrible. So I felt like this is going to improve them more than taking Bitavea, uh in the interior. No, I, I mean. And whenever you can address the secondary with a top player, it's hard not to go and do so. So, Jerry Alexander had a great rookie year and I think probably a justified pick. Sean, I'm going to come to you on this one. What did you reckon to Jerry Alexander's rookie year and the pick Murph made? Were you shocked to see him move away from Vita Vare when it's so easy sometimes to stick with the players you love? Uh, I wouldn't say I was shocked with it. I think Alexander, as most have said there, had, a, had an exceptionally good season. I think he, along with Denzel Ward that we've already talked about, were probably the two standout corners throughout the entire season. I've got a pick later on who had a really good second half of the season, which we'll come to. But I think in terms of consistency throughout, I thought they were by far the two best corners. Um, I think it's always difficult for a defensive tackle, isn't it, to, to sort of really make a, a huge impact um, it's not one of those glory positions. They they do a job. They you know they're there to do, you know draw a double team, and it doesn't necessarily always show up on the stat sheet. So it won't surprise you from the outside looking in. I can't really pass too much comment on Vita Vea whether he's played good, bad, or indifferently. Um, but I could certainly pass comments on Alexander because obviously that's the kind of stuff that you're more likely to see in highlights and red zone and all of that kind of stuff. Um, can't disagree with the pick at all. I think um, like I say, an exceptionally good season. Um, and if Murph says the books need help on the back end, who am I to argue? No, very good. We're going to move on now to the 13th overall pick, the Washington Redskins. I had this pick. If you're looking at it from this year, you would say they would have needed a quarterback, but I don't think anybody could have predicted the fact that Alex Smith was going to get a broken leg and then, more unfortunately, Colt McCoy followed him by getting a broken leg as well. Two quarterbacks down to broken legs in one season. It's incredibly long odds and highly unlucky. Uh, but if we're going back 12 months, I say at this point in the draft, the Washington Redskins should take Roquan Smith. Went to Chicago Bears, I thought he had a brilliant rookie season. Aided probably by playing alongside Khalil Mack, but I thought he was sensational in his own right. And it kind of shows the defensive talent in this draft from last year and shows, again, we're going to go back to Sean's original point that so many of these picks were hits because I think it'd be hard to argue against any player that we're picking in the top 13 here as doesn't deserve to be there. Lee, what did you reckon to the to Roquan Smith going here? Do you think he fell too far, maybe? Yeah, I think he could have gone higher, definitely. I thought he was a good pick. I thought he played supremely well last year. Um after especially after, you know, sitting out a lot of camp um in the in a contract dispute. Um I thought he was probably the best player available at this position. Uh, uh, sorry, this position in the draft. So yeah, I definitely couldn't argue with the pick, and I, I think a lot of teams would be very happy with Rokon Smith right now. No. Sean, what about yourself? What did you think to Rokon Smith? 
Yeah, again, mate, I think, you know, I sort of undenied when I had the Bears on the clock earlier on. I think he, he certainly could have been the selection. Again, you know, like you say, Khalil Max obviously getting a lot of attention on that defence, but, you know, Roquan Smith had his own exceptional season. Um, you know, over 130 tackles, five sacks. You know, absolutely stellar campaign, considering the contract issues, as Lee's alluded to. Um, again, a, a really solid pick. Um, you know, you're not going to hear me arguing with him being taken this high. Um, as you say, it could even be viewed as a little bit low. No. Uh, Murph, we're going to move on to you now. You said about the Saints earlier. How did you fix the Saints this time? Well, it, uh, I fixed them as best I could. I've got nothing against Marcus Davenport. I think Marcus, Marcus Davenport is, is, an, is an okay address. He's not bad. Um, and I take him not far after this, but he's definitely not going. But to have paid the Kings ransom of what they did, the 2019 first round pick and the 2020 first round or 2018, 2019 first round picks. Just absolutely madness. Just to do that for this player was, it did make sense, but obviously I'm drafting in their position. So I'm thinking of a player who I think is going to fix uh, a bigger need and would have helped him out a lot more. And believe him or not, I can't believe he fell here was Mike McGlinchey. Um, so Mike McGlinchey fell here and, you know, People look at the, the O-line and think um, traditionally it's pretty decent. Um, they've got some good players on there. Teron Armstead, for example, great player. But he's missed 21 games in three seasons. And, you know, they got down to the point where they're playing on their bare bones, um, especially towards the, the deep end of the playoffs. And Breeze wasn't getting as much time. The holes weren't appearing for the running backs. That run game really died off towards the end of the season because... Uh, they just were so weak up front. They just weren't creating the gaps. And I think Mike McGlinchey, if you look at what he did with Matt Breeder this year, um, was absolutely sensational. Matt Breeder's um, yards before, you know, before running was just incredible in terms of how much space and distance he was getting. You know, he was getting a yard, a yard and a half head start purely on the blocks he was getting from McGlinchey. And I think McGlinchey is for me on this board, he was the best player available. Um, and it's an absolute gift for, for the Saints and maybe it might have justified the trade up. I don't really know. Maybe it doesn't, but I feel he would have helped them get over the line towards the end of the season and possibly in the playoffs. Lee, I'm going to come to you on this one and your thoughts on that pick and then let us know who the Oakland Raiders took directly after. I've got to be honest, I agree with Murph completely on that. Um, I think it does kind of justify the trade up um, as a team, as a fan of a team that always needs O-linemen. I think it's so often overlooked how important it is to draft to draft good O-linemen. Even if it means taking them in the first round, it might not be sexy and it might not be the one that's going to get a lot of shirt sales for, for teams. But, you know, without them, teams struggle so bad. Sorry, I see, I see Sean's waiting to say something. Yeah, just just before you get on to the Raiders pick, just, just a question for me, Murph, I suppose, just in terms of the pick. I, I think, you know, you made a good case for McGlinchey there, and I think in terms of what he brought to, to the, the Niners, can't disagree what you've said there. Just in terms of need, though, I think for me that the Saints probably calling out for, as, as ironic as this sounds, considering the offensive power they've got, for me they're actually crying out for some weapons offensively. I think you take Michael Thomas out of the team, there's a lot of bit part players there, and I just think in terms of the value... A little bit similar to the conversation, I suppose, we had with Van Der Esch earlier, not disagreeing with the player being a high-calibre player, just in terms of it being a real position of need. They've got, obviously, choice of any wide receiver that, that you know, none of those have come off the board as of yet. Um, just wondered if you ever considered going in that direction. 
Uh, I didn't for two reasons. The first being that um, the Saints were the second or third highest scoring offense in football. So felt that, yes, okay, there isn't necessarily that stud caliber wide receiver two tight end, but felt that, you know, Breeze through it to what eight, nine different players, and they had a lot of players. Again, you're kind of looking at the Patriots and saying they don't have an elite player there, but they always get the job done, and that's down to coaching and scheming. And felt they had the guys to do that. Um, and the other reason is I feel like they did well with uh, Traquan Smith in the third round, and I feel like he is a good addition who will come good. Um, it's hard because a lot of wide receivers get written off after year one very rarely do wide receivers put up good numbers. OBJ, I think, was probably the last uh, the last person I can think of that put up elite numbers as a, as a wide receiver rookie. Um, so I think Traquan showed flashes. He got an injury. Um, I think he will surprise people this year. So I think they addressed that need later on. Um, the only other positions I would have considered was uh, cornerback, but didn't feel there was anyone worth the value up here. Um and maybe some DBs, but again, after seeing who'd come off the board, I just didn't feel that the, the talent here was worthwhile and it could wait for a later round if I was still drafting. So um, I really wanted to fix up front, um, get Kamara getting those extra yards, and I think that would have firepowered their offense even more because that run game was pretty non-existent in the final weeks of the season and in the playoffs, and I think that would have been the difference between them winning a Super Bowl or not. All great points. We're now going to go to Lee and the Oakland Raiders, and I actually want to quickly say I think the next two picks were probably following in the theme of best player available so I think we've kind of all fallen into the trap last four or five picks just selecting who we think was the best player available and the next two picks really followed that in my opinion so Lee go ahead so for the Raiders I took Vita Vea because to be honest I liked him last year myself as a pick for the Dolphins um I think he was he was hampered by injury this year. Murph will be able to tell us a little bit more about his play this year. But I thought he was the best player available at this pick. I also think the the Raiders are just desperate to pick up talented players. And I think it, you know they've probably positions that they um, positions of need that were higher than this. But I think they have so many holes. It's just a case of collect as much talent as possible and we'll worry about putting it together. The at the back end, you know what I mean? You know, John Gruden's got X amount of time there. You know, it's definitely going to be more than one season. So I, I'm not worried about winning this year. I'm just worried about collecting as much talent as possible. Sean, I can see you nodding uh, in agreement. Do you want to tell us why you think Lee has nailed that and also talks through the Buffalo Bills pick? Yeah, I just, I just think that, you know, we've talked about the Raiders a few times and we I completely agree that they need to be in best player available mode um, for this plan to, to work and come to fruition. Um, you know, so I can't disagree with the logic in terms of the bills. They obviously took the quarterback earlier on. This for me was another quarterback that was running for his life near enough on every snap. Um, so whereas they went defense in the real life draft, I went offensive line and took Will Hernandez, the guard who was picked up in the second round by the giants, um, so having sort of fallen into the, well, say falling, leaping into the middle of the first round here with the Bills, um, I think, you know, again, he's had a an excellent season. Um, and I think if you are investing in a franchise quarterback, which is what the Bills view Josh Allen to be, then I think you need to do everything you can to first and foremost protect him and keep him upright. And I think, you know, there's nothing worse than pressure up the middle. 
Um, and that's why you saw Alan scrambling for, for near enough every play last year. Um, so I think that, that was the reason for me. Lee, do you want to counteract that move with anything? No, no, I just completely agree. And I think more teams need to look at building an O-line before they draft their franchise quarterback and get him killed. Because it seems like a lot of teams are, are more than happy to to give up picks, move up and get their guy, and then just put him out there and sacrifice him. And I think we, you know, it's going to ruin a lot of players' careers where you just look back and think, if only it had been, been an O-line in front of him. I think it's very hard to disagree with that theory. Murph, I'm going to come to you on the last two picks now. So Vita Vea, first of all, for the Raiders, and then Will Hernandez for the Bills. Did both Lee and Sean nail their picks there? Yeah, I think so. Vita Vea is a, a really good player. It's hard to judge him on this season because he got injured in uh, very early into training camp, like day one, day two. So he missed all the training camp, then he missed the first six games of the season. And that is all, all five games. Um, and that's very difficult because effectively he's learning on the job. Um but he got better and better with every game. He's a real disruptor. Um, and I think if you're going to trade away your key pieces, like uh, Khalil Mack, you need to have something in there to build upon. And I think Vita Vea is the sort of player that you can do that with. So I felt it was a good pick. Uh, I was gutted that Hernandez went here because I was eyeing him up at 18. Um, for me, uh, outside of uh, Quentin Nelson, uh, he was the best guard. Um, on the class, uh, he was the 21th ranked guard overall, according to PFF. Um, absolutely brilliant player. Um, the Giants did very well to get him um, in the second round in real life. And no, I, I've, you couldn't agree more. You got to protect your, you got to protect your assets. If you're going to draft a, a, a rookie franchise quarterback, you've got to protect him. Built him, do it here, and uh, yeah, right, rightfully corrected. Hopefully, Will Hernandez will be. Protecting a rookie quarterback next year <laughs> is all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, so that's 16 picks down. What an exercise so far. We will have more on our second podcast. Lee, where can everyone find you on social media? So you can find me at All32Lee. Let's discuss how I've messed up some of your teams, especially the teams in the AOC East. I think it's hard to mess up any of these teams in the first half of the draft. All such <laughs> good players. Sean, what about yourself? Yeah, so at all 32, Sean, for me, um, enjoyed that first half. Looking forward to the second half. Probably a little bit more debate coming up, I would suggest. No, hard to miss any on the first half, I think. Murph, what about yourself? And where can everyone find you and the great job you guys are doing? Yeah, so you can find us, uh, or find me at 5 Yard Rush. I look after the Twitter account there. You can find me on my personal Twitter at Maverick Murph. You can find the podcast 5 Yard Rush at any uh, good uh, podcast app, not SoundCloud, um, but everywhere else. Um, so get in touch. Um, very interactive. We've got three shows again this week. We had three shows last week with some stellar guests. I promise you there's more stellar guests. Uh, to come and it's not all fantasy football at the moment we're trying to do quite a bit but we're trying to cover the combine the draft we did a mock draft as well so uh join the train it's a good time to, to jump on board can't echo that enough brilliant follow you can find myself at all 32 chris you can follow all 32 uk all 32 uk but really just visit the website all 32.co.uk lots of great content getting added daily thanks for listening see ya <laughs>